Hey everybody, welcome back to the Rehart Rundown. Hey everyone, and happy St. Paddy's Day. Or, or belated St. Paddy's belated. Day, depending on when you're listening. Well, this, I don't think this comes out. For this... Patreons, they'll hear it on St. Paddy's. Yes. Um, okay, so, first things first. Last week's episode, we talked about the Pepe Le Pew yeah. scene that was cut from Space Jam 2. Right. Okay, so, um, <laughs> shortly after that news broke and uh, we had re-recorded, of course, and then we didn't, it, the episode didn't come out for like a week, so it makes it seem like we're behind the times, but we reported like really early, I guess, on, uh, we, we rephrased that, we recorded uh, this, that whole situation early, so right. our Patreons may have heard it earlier. Anyways, so la- this past Friday... The actor, the actress or model that was in the Pepe Le Pew scene, the one that was cut, uh, Grishi Santo. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. Uh, she plays Blanca on Jane the Virgin. I've never seen the show, yeah, so but I, I just know that's what she's been in. Uh, she was so disappointed at the cut that that the that the scene was because she that means that she's out of the film, right? Like that was her only scene where he comes on to her and she like. Slaps him, pours the water on him, he spins around in the chair, you know, the whole thing. So because that scene was cut from Space Jam 2, her whole connection now with that film is gone. And so she's pissed. Like, pissed. And, <laughs> yeah. So she posted a picture of herself on Instagram holding Pepe Le Pew by the neck. Right? And she says, and I quote, For me, it was so important to have this scene in a movie to inspire the younger generations and also the older generations so we can correct, excuse me, so we can correct the behavior. She said, I felt that this scene was way to, a way to show kids that this kind of behavior is wrong. That's what she told the LA Times. Now, we knew that she was getting cut. Here's the, okay, here's why I bring it up. It's not a big deal. Like, so, of course, the actress is pissed because she's out of the film. I get mm-hmm. that part. And she's and she is like, hey, let's make a stand against that type of behavior towards you know everything. Well, a couple of things. Number one, Pepe Le Pew now is done, done, done. Like yeah. when we were talking completely about completely canceled. Like when we were like jokingly, are they going to cancel? They literally canceled them. They did. They even said like, there's not probably not going to be any merch. There's not going to be another episode. He's not going to show up in any movie. Like it's done. So yeah. if you have any Pepe Le Pew. T-shirts, merch, toys, whatever. It just became vintage. Yeah. <laughs> really vintage. Here's the other thing, though. So, Grishi Santo, uh, her representative, is offering a $100,000 reward to anyone who can provide the footage of the animated slash live action scene, despite the fact it was cut from the movie, and find a way to release it. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. So the LA Times went to Warner Brothers and was all like, uh, what do you think of this? This, you know, this actress model just came out and offered a hundred grand for the scene for anybody who could come up with it. Warner Brothers said, and I quote, it is a crime for someone to solicit another to steal and distribute Warner Brothers property. No shit. So if it does release and someone gets paid for it, like somebody, it's clearly going to be an inside job. Right. It would have to be because nobody's seen here's the thing they they did the scene and since you know they would have to animate the characters into it okay the question is is was the scene already done with the animation or was the scene just talked about 
and they never fully animated or finished finally finalizing the edit right you know of the animation on it so does the scene even exist aside from the raw footage i don't know right. but the fact that she offered a hundred thousand dollar well a representative offered a hundred thousand dollar reward so allegedly a representative is offering a hundred thousand dollar reward that's fucking crazy and video editors don't make a whole lot in hollywood from what I hear, so right, like that's a lot of money. That's, like it's a, that's like two years' salary for. Well, a lot of the an and that's the thing, and that's what a lot of people don't think is that they all think that the Hollywood. Well, once you get in the movie set, then all you get, you're rich. You're you know you're making movies. Yeah, no, you're that's making, not true. It's at all. not like let, let's just clear the air on that right now. Yeah. If um, if you think being on you know being a producer or being a director or whatever, I mean, I mean, I mean again, being a producer and a director, you do make good money. Those are the only. I was gonna say those are the only positions that yeah. are gonna pull down for behind the scenes anyway. The big bucks. Anything else is is usually an hourly job or yeah. an hour uh, day rate. Yeah, I believe. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I believe if I remember correctly, um, film editors make like fifty five thousand a year. Right. You know, so and it's usually by pro. I mean, you go by projects. So right. So, so if, you, well, if pull, you work in a post house, though, then you just go to the post house and it's whatever. Yeah, you just start editing whatever film they fucking hand you for that day, and you make fifty five thousand dollars a year. Right. You know. Um, but once they have like an actual assigned editor, then you can actually do it by project, and you could possibly make a little bit more, like as a far senior as editor know. type. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then that's when you start working your way up the ranks, but. And as far as I know, like any lighting crew and stuff like that, they make like thirty dollars an hour or so, if I remember correctly. Maybe even like twenty two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like I said, I I know, and that's the thing is that it's on these big budget films, these large, you know, studio feature films, that anybody's making any money whatsoever. Yeah. Any of the independent films are usually deferred payments, and nobody gets paid unless the movie makes money. Right. You know, and these student films, nobody makes anything. No, yeah, that's just to get your name out. So if uh, if you watch movies and you like movies and you see independent films or things like that, know that independent films, everybody everybody on set, not just the actors or not just the directors or the filmmakers, but every usually every single person on set on an independent film, on a uh, I say let me say low budget independent film, yeah. isn't making any, anything, and in some cases it's a loss. Yeah, in a lot of cases, it's a loss. It's a loss. So as great as Hollywood is and this glamorous idea of rich and famous and everything, it, there's a whole lot of people to make one film, and not everybody is pulling the rich and the rich card out of it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it took. I know for what movie was it? I think it was. I think it was. I was. I think I saw it on the end of. I want to say it was on the end of Marvel's. Endgame, like Avengers Endgame. I could be wrong, but I think at the end of the credits, if you watch all the way past, and everybody's always watching the end of the Marvel credits because of the the scenes they include, right. right? So, but if you read, if you actually read past the 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 um, prompt uh, like uh, logos of all the different companies, uh, companies, and 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 then equipment that they used, and all those logos that have to go up on the credit screen, it usually will say like, you know, this project brought in. X amount of jobs. And I want to say it was like thousands, hundreds, maybe even the thousands of jobs. Oh, it was, um, I know what it was. It was Coming to America 2. Coming to America 2 brought in like, like it was like a, like hundreds, hundreds of thousands of jobs, so to speak, to make the film. 
because it doesn't go just in one. It's not everything's not handled by like one group of people. It's usually like they, there's there's two sets of film crews. One a second a secondary set that goes out and gets like you know all the shots from like New York. You know, while and while they're getting those New York shots using stand-ins or doubles or whatever, they're filming the regular scenes. You know, wherever on on I think right. they filmed that one at Tyler Perry's studio in Atlanta. So a lot of you know wheels and gears turning, and and not everybody makes the big you know high dollar money that they think. I think that was one of the things that coming into the Hollywood business and coming into the industry and learning like oh like I'm you know I assumed. Everybody was making fat cash. I mean, like, I'm not even, I wasn't gullible. I wasn't like, oh, everybody's making a million dollars. It wasn't that. Right. But I was assuming, like, oh, you know, if the actors are pulling in, you know, 20 million a picture, then the camera guy's got to be making at least 250,000. Yeah, it's not the case yeah, at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not the case at all. <laughs> no. But the other money goes to marketing and, yeah. And it's spread out over, you know, 250,000 thousand people but it takes quite a few people to make a film and and if quite a few production companies you could i mean look at the list i mean you can see especially now with films and special effects right with the studio effects and special effects and that type of that type of stuff takes super long time so now you're paying oh, animation so studios so much time yeah i mean you know like i did all of the special effects and the editing and, and stuff with with hanging millstone and that shit took me forever well we okay so let's go back to that we wrapped on that in June of 2016. Jesus. Yeah. That felt like an eternity ago. No. Nope. Filming started August of 2015. We wrapped on it because we couldn't work on it every day. Right. We, we weren't like a regular crew. We were an independent, so we had to, everybody had to kind of get together when they could. So it was right. like, it was pretty much like every, for the mo- for a majority of people, it was like every three days. I know they're towards the end. For me, it was every single day, regardless. And by the time we wrapped, it was June. Yeah, it was like June 3rd, I think, 2016. Because we, we had the wrap party. And it was like, okay, then we need to get, let's get ready to start, you know, cutting together a trailer, you know, and start putting together at least the trailer or, you know, start putting together this film and getting the everything, everything else lined up. But we all had to do it, you know, we had to do it ourselves. So by the time, and I think the delay, and I'm not going to get into it because there's a lot of, drama and it's not my drama so yeah, i'm just gonna say a lot of red tape i'm just gonna say that there was a lot of like situations where we had to get, stall yeah stalled for... and got got delayed by not any fault of our own right um but by the time we did get started editing it six months had gone by right so you gotta take six months out of the out of the equation it still took me a year <laughs> yeah and the film still didn't release yeah. until what what was it? 18? July? 2000, yeah, July 2018? I think, yeah. And yeah, see, because once I got done with the editing, it had to go into sound. And right. Then, and then we and had then some more delays. And then, we had, and then we had more delays as well. So then we had to go back and it's just, it was a so, lot of going back to. So we had, and we had like a two hour and ten minute cut of it. Yeah, but it was then a super we went long back cut. Through, yeah, and then we went back through for the initial release. But then we had gone back through and took out forty minutes of it. Well, the initial release was for the cast and crew and yeah, and their families, so they can actually see something because it had been a fucking year and a half. Yeah, and we had to show them something. And then I know we went back through and we cut forty five minutes. You said about forty minutes. 
So the the one it that's went from on two hours and ten minutes to an hour and a half. So the one that's on Amazon Prime right now that people could see it's an hour and a half is an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. So so that clearly is not the director's cut. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No. That that is the final and only cut left. I'm not going back to it. Right, no one has no one asked you to go back to yeah, it as a nightmare. We're not, we're not doing all that. We're moving um, on to the next. But no, my point is, is that again, like for those independent films, we you know we didn't make anything. Right. For that, something like that, we didn't make. There's no money. It's just like you do it for the love of doing it. Here's a here's a question for you. Go ahead. When was the last time you auditioned for a film or any project, really? Um, last time I uh, um actually auditioned. Wow. Um, it was prior to doing that project. It was prior to Hanging Millstone, the Hanging Millstone project. Uh, so that was two thousand. Yep. So that was I. Yeah, I was actually had went in initially to audition for that, and I sat down with the director in in the scenario that I was going to audition. Like I was set, I was went in there as an actor. Like I went in there to do a part. I had read the script fully, and I went in there to do a part. And I was like, I have an idea, you know, for this character. Da da da. da. Not knowing that he had already cast for almost the entire film, and that they had already begun shooting. I had no idea. I thought they were. I didn't think. I didn't know they were as far along as they were. So the fact that he even sat with me, he didn't have to even look at me or sit with me or, <laughs> right, you know, but he did. And I was like, okay. And he sat down. We sat there and we, and we got to talking, and we just ended up talking about the script. And I started talking about characters and stuff. And and he's like, um, I've cast most of the characters. You know, there's a couple of them out there that are just little small bit parts that you might be able to play. But either way, I want you on set. I want you to help me. So that's kind of how that came about. But prior to that, there was a film. So let me, I can give you the farther back. Are you story. talking about Millstone for that one? That's one. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about for Millstone. But if you go prior oh, okay. to Millstone to 2000, early 2015, late 2014, it was shortly. Yeah, it was like early, maybe it was even early 2014. Either way, it was like a year prior to that. So it was 2014, maybe 2015. And um, I had gotten. Like the news, like on the news, hey, we're doing auditions. It's and it was like a legit film, and supposedly they had the film, the money was there, and the script was done, and they were casting. So I was like, okay, so I went to the audition and signed. You know, with all like there was like a lot, there was at least, I mean, for our little place it was like you know 50 plus actors for the same part type thing right so you you know you like oh it's immediately intimidating it's immediately like oh crap like i have to be better than 49 other dudes in here you know what i'm saying yeah and so i'm like okay so they hand you they hand you what they call sides i don't know how much people out there know about auditioning and, and acting but they hand you something called sides and what sides are is sides are like little monologue type things or they're like an actual part it's of the like script a three-page or, script it's not even that. Like it's usually not even three pages. Yeah. In this case, it was a. It was a. They were like five different paragraphs you could pick from, and the monologue I picked was from Little Shop of Horrors. They weren't taking like they weren't like calling you out by name. They were just like when you're ready to audition, come see us. We're only gonna be here till five, and you know what I'm saying. So like yeah, that's weird. Yeah. It Normally was, it's like fucking take a number. Yeah. In this case, I was like okay, so. That was like I was like that's fine because this will give me time to look at the sides. So I picked out one of the sides, which was again, which was Little Shop of Horrors, and I was like, okay, let me commit this to memory. 
and I just sat there like going over it, boom, 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 trying to memorize, 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 doing shortcut stuff and other little actor tricks that you can do to mem- get the memorization down. And then started working on like how I was going to present the dialect. You know what I'm saying? Like how you're going right. to actually act. And I was like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm good to go. And I went up and I'm not knowing the people sitting there who they were or anything like that. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. And they're like, okay, just stand, like, come over here, stand in front of the camera. They, they filmed you to do it. And they're like, okay, you know, ready and action. And I do the whole scene. And then they go, okay, cut. And I go, okay, you know, thank you very much or whatever. And I step off to the side because there's only like a couple more guys that were going after me. But I step off to the side because I'm like, it was kind of like a big open room. So you could kind of see everybody. Right. So that's why I kind of also waited to the end because it was kind of almost, I would say like it was a trick to kind of see what the competition was so I can either go above and beyond. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of a little unfair to right. do that, but that's how they did it. So whatever. And so <laughs> they had a kid go on and I don't remember his name, but a kid went on and he had, he's, he did a, his whole scene and he had a British accent. And the guy behind the camera was like, okay, can you do the whole thing again, but this time with an American accent? And the kid's like, no, I'm actually British. Like he had, I don't, okay, but right. he's, like, he's like, I'm actually British. And I'm like, oh shit, the kid's actually not had an accent. <laughs> like that's just how he talks. And it was amazing, right? Right. The guy steps aside and he's like sitting there pondering. I see him like pondering or whatever, right? Well, I did my homework on this before I got, like anything else, before I got to the set or before I got to the the place. And I was like, let me look it up to find out. So I went in, I found out what the audition was. I found out what the company was. I found out what the name of the script was. I found out the basis of the story of the script. I found all of this out before I even went. So I knew that it was like about a father who had, who had just gotten his son from the mother from a, like a custody battle and the, the son was trying to like learn to live with them and that type. It was like a multi-family situation. Right. Okay. And, uh, I walked up to the guy that was standing there like ponder, like kind of like pondering, like, Oh, what am I going to do with this kid? I don't want to say I forced myself, but I was like, Hey, I was like, wouldn't it be, I was like, the whole basis of this movie is about like a father who gets his son. I was like, if this kid played the son, wouldn't it be crazy if like the son was raised in, the UK. So of course he had an accent. I said, then that would blend in perfectly. I said, but I don't know what the script says. I said, that's the only way that like, I'm not trying to like invade on you guys' project, but that seemed like the only way it would work. And the guy's like, Holy crap, you're right. That's perfect. And he calls over two more people and they go, they walk away from me and I'm like, Oh shit. I put, put my foot, in my fucking mouth. Like they're going to like, nobody ever wants you to be like, you know what you should do? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. And I didn't mean to do it that way. I thought I was being helpful because I was, I was excited. I was, you know, yeah. I did really well. I was still fired up. And he comes back over and he goes, will you sit down and talk with me for a minute? I'm like, yeah, sure. I thought he was just like the, ta- I thought he was literally the casting agent. That's who I thought this guy was. He sits down, we start talking and he's like, how do you know the script? And Or how do you know that that's the project? And I went, I said, I did my homework before I got here. I know the company. I know the name of the movie. I know the cast. I know the characters. I know the fact that if I'm going to audition, I'm going to be auditioning for the governor and all this. And he's like, okay. He's like, uh, 
And he's like, what's your name? And I, you know, my name's Bob. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay. He's like, okay. Um, awesome. He's like, uh, callbacks will be tomorrow if, uh, if it happens. I'm like, okay, cool. And I, I, I walked away with like that sense of like, ugh, like I, I should have just kept my fucking mouth shut. Right. And let it be and not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how do I know that they're not going to give me the part that I was going out for to this kid now? And like, now I'm, I'm out, you know? Yeah. The next day I get a phone call from that guy. He's like, hey. He's like, Bob. I'm like, yeah. He's like, uh, just want to let you know, uh, we want, this is your callback. I want you to come back in. Um, there's only going to be a couple of people that we're going to be calling back for the parts. Uh, we think you have potential. We want you to come back in and read for that part of the governor. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I was excited. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go again above and beyond. So I went, I showed up in a tie. The white shirt, the tie, the, the dark slacks. You went looking like a governor. I went looking like a governor. Right. With the hair. I just got, I went out and got my hair cut the whole, like, the whole nine yards. And I walked in in red. And as soon as, and, the, and he come, the, the guy comes back over and he's all like, this is unbelievable. Like, the, the, this is perfect. This is amazing. And I was like, thank you. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. He goes, uh, we'll make fine. He's like, we'll make final decisions or whatever. And I'll let you know. And I was like, okay, thanks. And about three days goes by and I get another phone call and it's all like, uh, we want to offer you the part of the governor for this film. And I was like, great. They're like, you need to, you need to get with this other actor though, because he's going to be playing literally opposite of you in every single scene. So we want you guys to be like natural. So you might want to get with him to become like friends and get to know each other. So it, everything flows. I'm like, well, that's a good idea. So he's like, his name, this guy's name is Dustin. And you can get with okay, him. Yeah, I know Dustin. Okay, yeah. see? And so I'm like, okay. And he's like, and I want you to come back and meet with me. And I'm like, okay. So I go, and I meet with Robert again. And I'm like, so when do I get to meet the rest of the casting crew? And he's like, well, I'm not the, just the casting director. I'm the actual director and the writer of the film. And I was like, oh. I literally did not mean to, like, step, in, step on your toes and, like, try to change, you know, your film to make that like you know the uk kid fit <laughs> right you know what i'm saying he's like no that was actually perfect we're actually casting him and we're gonna go with what you said he's like i wanted you to come on as a producer as well oh shit and i was like okay like what am i gonna say no <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i'm like okay no problem so i met with dustin and i get and then we start doing the project and i end up meeting um victoria diebler okay and i end up meeting uh like a whole bunch of other people uh, great, great other actors people in this that we area. Worked with. A lot of people that we work with, yeah, and um, and a couple of other actors actually that are that didn't stay down here and went on to LA and are doing other things now. It was it was interesting and it was the the film unfortunately fell through. Uh, I became a a big part of it, a huge part of it. The director came to me and it was like I don't know, he just couldn't put the pieces together. He couldn't line them up. He just couldn't get everything going. Like I was already like getting locations. Like, so, like getting location permissions and like right. doing all kinds of stuff. And Dustin, who was working opposite me, me and him became good friends because he started doing it too. Well, then me and Dustin started talking like, hey, like we're doing a whole bunch of legwork and there's nobody else doing anything. Like there's no... Other there's pieces no, moving. Yeah, there's no other pieces moving. What's happening right here with this? So it turns out, unfortunately in that case, that the script wasn't, the script wasn't finalized. 
Mm. There was no money behind it, like at least enough to do it. Right. And at that point, I let, I was like, as the producer, I went, okay, then we're not doing it. Like, I'm not trying to be harsh, but if this, if there's no other, I'm not going to keep going forward with what I'm, you know, trying to put, put together nothing when they're at the end of this, when there's no, there's not even a finished script. Right. So I told all the actors and everything that was working, I was like, like, there's nothing going to happen with this. And it was sad. I was, I was, I don't want to say I was broken because I was so, dude, I was so excited. Right. I was so stoked because after seeing it on the news and, 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 and hearing about it and then reading it on, you know, even on IMDb and stuff and other, you know, casting sites that I, I legit casting sites that I'd seen, you know, had seen it on. And I was like, holy crap. And then to get that call back, it was like, oh my God, this is, this is happening now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you have that moment where it's like, right. No, oh, this is going to be an overnight, this is an overnight success. I'm going to be a millionaire. This is going to be amazing. Like <laughs> I went right. that whole, like my ego just like blew right up. Right. And immediately within, within weeks deflated because of that, because I think, well, Weren't you on a pilot, though, as well? But long story short, hold on. Long story short, I end up getting to know Dustin. Dustin comes to my regular day job one day, and I bump into him there, and he's like, oh, I was like almost a year later. I'm like, what are you up to? Have you done any movie stuff? You know, almost as a joke, because in this area, there was nothing. Right. And he's like, no, I am. We just shot a trailer. Let me show you. And he pulls out his phone, and he shows me the Hanging Millstone uh, initial um, The first trailer. trailer. The first trailer. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. I was like, well, uh, do me a favor if you can. Just let the director or whoever, the producer or whatever, know in charge that if they need any extra hands or any extra background people or whatever, I'm, I'm, I want to. I want to be part of it. I want to somehow be part of this project. And that's how I got set up with Curtis Collins, the director. Yeah. And, and that's how you, I had to sit down. And then it just. And then you pulled me in. Yeah. And then I called. Then, yeah. Then we were on set a couple of times. And that's when I called you and was all like, hey, if you're not busy, I need extra bodies. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, I already know there are people that listen to this podcast. And already know the story. And of- know the story because they actually got phone calls too from me. <laughs> that was like, hey, get down here to the jail because we were filming at the jail that yeah. day. Get down here to the jail, the actual jail, and uh, be part of this because uh, it's going to be nuts. <laughs> so around that same time that we were doing uh, Hanging Millstone, I had, it was an open casting call. So it was like anybody can really audition type of thing. Okay. Like you didn't like specifically need an agent or, you know, and stuff like that. Right. And I put my name on the list and I had an audition for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, did you did you see that movie? Did you see that Marvel film? Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Of course. Yeah. I've seen every single Marvel film. So you remember Taserface or whatever and the aliens that like steal baby Groot? Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Rocket yeah, yeah. the Raccoon fights him in the forest or whatever and sets all the traps. I was auditioning to play one of those bad guys. Not like Taserface, but one of them. You know what I mean? Just right. like one of the extras that has to fight Rocket the Raccoon. And I was going to audition for that. Um, Not down here. No, I was. I had to go to Atlanta I was gonna say, yeah, for a this few is... days. But, uh, what I happened? Could, I couldn't get off of work. Uh, dude, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. You know me. I would have been like, mm. I quit. <laughs> <coughs> sick. Yeah. I feel so sick. I think I have the four day, three day, whatever flu. I was I have the three flu day, four the day fuck flu. out. That's what I would have been. I've been yeah. No, I yeah. flew to Atlanta. I was I was the the manager of the place, so I. Uh, yeah, let's try autopilot. Bye. I, I had to go. Yeah, I had and that's the thing is I was. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. I was I was a manager too when I was doing all this. 
right at the place that I was working at. I was a, I was I was a manager, and I was like pulling twelve hour shifts there, and then leaving and going to set for twelve hours. Right. <laughs> like some days I didn't sleep at all. I just would leave set and go to work. But uh, I mean, for you got to make you got to make those decisions, like especially especially if you want to get into acting or if you want to get into. I would the say, film like, I've, ne- I've never actually like had done the acting before. Like, I was SWAT team member number one on Hanging Millstone, mm-hmm. but I was kind of thrown at that, and I feel like I could have even done a lot better. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, just from, from watching that and, and and things of that sort, but it didn't... I mean, my face was covered, and I just had to run with a gun. Like, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, it, it there wasn't like, really much to it. Yeah. And there was no, um, not really any, there, I don't think there was any lines really, but there was no lines for it. And, and it was just kind of like, all right, here, put this on and get in the back of this fucking SWAT tank. <laughs> I was all like, you, you got it, dude. Um, but no, like, and I've always had that, that interest in, in acting. Weren't you a part of a pilot though, down in like Naples or something? There was, um, you were like uh, a bartender or something, I think. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say the name of it cause I don't know. When, how far along it is yeah or and i don't know yeah. the rights to any of that but uh there was i was just gonna say there was a, a pilot that was being shot in naples where um i was supposed to be there just as like literally an uh, just an extra body and there was a lot of the cast from hanging millstone there doing the same thing like we were just right. supposed to be back what they call background players you know you get paid nothing you just get <laughs> the, yeah. you know Especially the experience pilot, like yeah. yeah and you just were supposed to sit there and pretend to eat cake, you know, like that type of thing. And um, the first AD saw me, and I was just in like a suit because you're supposed to dress up. So I was in a suit, and he, I was talking with the other, you know, of course, people I knew because, again, actors from the film we were we had just yeah. shot were there. And they were like, I can't believe you're here. This is crazy. Da, da, da. And, and then the first AD came over, and he was all like, hey. He's like, um, this is the only jacket and suit you got? I'm like, yeah, sorry. I didn't know I was supposed to bring a like a different one. <laughs> right. I said I'm just a, I said I'm just a background. I'm not a I said I'm not a cast member. I said I'm just the background. He goes, "Yeah, no, you're going to be in the opening shot of this scene. Come on." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." And he uh he's like, "You're going to be the new bartender. So now you're behind the bar. The scene's going to open with you handing drinks to the server and then follow the drinks to the table and it was like a whole I again, I I I didn't get a script, so I don't know the whole plot, but it was just a uh, it was a gala, like an art gala, outside outdoor on a terrace, huge like expansive gala art gala that was happening. That was supposed to be like a fundraiser where all the main characters were sitting having a discussion at a at a table. Oh, right on. Yeah, so the scene opens up with me at a bar, and then they're or doing putting, my putting, job. Yeah, doing your job, and then putting glass. <laughs> yeah, putting on glasses on a tray, and then the server takes the tray, and the camera falls, and that's it. That's the only <laughs> I think that's the right. only spot you could see me in. Uh, the film, uh, as far as I know, the show never came out. But uh. dude, I remember when we held auditions for um, one of the features that we were getting ready to shoot, and then COVID hit and everything went on pause. But um, do you remember the auditions that we held down in Naples? I do, but I think they were, in my opinion, and I said it before. I said it then, and I can say it again. I think they were premature. Yeah, I can. I can. Agree. I don't know, that we I, still I say had a lot any, of eyes to dot and t's to cross. If there's any actors listening to this now that were in part of that audition, I'm gonna just to say I apologize, but that was. I figured it was a, it was a little preemptive. Of, it was a lot of premature on on the project we were the project we were doing and the project we were planning on. Doing a casting call at that point was way too early, like yeah. months early. 
Um, but it did give us a good idea as to the type of talent that is around here, especially. And do you remember that one? There was a one guy, dude. He fucking floored me. Like he fucking blew my mind. And we were sitting there, and I was just like, I, I don't, I, I think, whenever somebody yelled action, and then he fucking started. It was the scene was over. The scene was done, and we were all just standing there, just like looking at each other, like, oh, oh, oh cut, yes, cut, <laughs> like. Uh, but he worked on like uh, Comedy Central, Super Jail, and stuff like that. I uh, forget. You yeah. know who I'm talking about? I do, I do. Yeah. Again, I, do, but... I don't know if we're allowed to say his name or not, so I'm just gonna say that there was a big a time, is... a big time voice actor that from a lot of the Nickelodeon, uh, oh, Adult Swim, and Adult Swim stuff, right? Yeah. Both. Both? Yeah, no, I had his resume for a while. Um, it came down to do stuff. I'd like, you know, I need to get a hold of him. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, because there's, I think we could use him for some voice acting for some certain things, um, especially. But, um, but no, yeah. I but was, there's a lot, but with that, with that kind of example, since you brought that up, there's a lot of retired, and I dare say retired, but a lot of people that have done the industry, and it's just beat them up and spit them out, and they come down here and hide in Naples. <laughs> right. You know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of uh hidden i say hidden talent down in Naples. see like i'd like to try out like voice acting i feel like i could uh feel like i could do that uh, a lot easier mm -hmm. because you don't have to worry about your facial expressions and like and that sort of acting because whenever whenever i was looking at trying to pull off some sort of character for any type of acting then i would be like okay I would look back on other celebrities and how they would discuss their characters. Mm -hmm. So it was like John Travolta would say, he's all like, well, this character, whenever I played him, he had this type of walk. And then this character had this type of walk. So like the actors go into so much depth, their character, that they have a certain walk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And like certain ticks and certain, certain things like that. But with voice acting... You just gotta worry about getting the the pitches of the the tone right and everything like that. I think it would be a, like a lot easier. But I saw this video recently. It's the whole reason I'm bringing up auditions is because I saw um, for the Office US mm -hmm. version of the different auditions of people that tried out, like Seth Rogen auditioned to be Dwight, right? And um, there was a there was a bunch of like big celebrity names, man. Adam Scott was uh, auditioned to play Jim. So did Harold from Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Mm -hmm. I forget his name, but Patton Oswalt is Dwight. Better Call Saul. That I forget his name. The guy that plays him. Yeah, um, uh, Steve Oderick. Yeah, um, he, he auditioned to be Michael. Yeah, and then turned around and end up in an episode of The Office. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's um, it's cool. Like you could, I don't know where. That video you probably find it online. That yeah. office one. Well, it's it, I saw it on Peacock. Oh, okay. So yeah. if you, anybody's got them, the yeah. Peacock. So if, if you're service. out there and you're not Peacockless, <laughs> then. But no, yeah, it's like a exclusive uh, thing for Peacock with the Office. So definitely, so you get on that. You can see it on YouTube as well. All right, and then so now we've gone into a tangent about auditions, auditions, and movies, and and filmmaking, and is all. I got one more thing I got to bring up though. All right. And it's a little bit that we a little change the tempo of the of the of the podcast here. So you know how we usually talk about like a Florida man thing. Yeah. Well, we had one review come down on I don't know what what um, podcast app or whatever, but somebody and I mentioned this before. Somebody was like, "Oh, you know, the Florida man thing will go so far. You know, the segment before the segment kind of becomes stale." 
Right. And the whole reason why we did the Florida Man segment is because Florida has the Sunshine Law where they don't hide anything that, you yeah, know. Yeah, everything is public information. Yeah, it's all public information. Yeah. So, so I was like, well, is there anything else that's a little crazy out there that uh, maybe not be Florida? Well, I found one. All right. It showed up on Twitter the other day. It's done by, and, it, and again, this is expected to be bizarre because it's done by Sunday Sport. Which Sunday Sport Online is a UK magazine. I'm not even sure if it's a magazine or more like National Enquirer or right. whatever. Um, this, uh, <laughs> so this gentleman, 71 year old man, unmarried, named Eric, uh, lives overseas, clearly in the UK, uh, was um, rushed to the hospital when his neighbor, a 54 year old woman, heard him screaming for help. And she went into his house to find him uh, naked with his dick in a toaster. What the fuck? He was, <laughs> he was, he was trying to bonk his toaster. <laughs> oh. That's what it was literally said. It said. Um, so, yeah, he claims that a couple days prior he got his COVID vaccine. And that's what made him want to fuck his toaster. Made him want to fuck his toaster, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Dude. apparently, apparently he was like, I guess he was making a sandwich, and then <laughs> he toasted the bread, and then he was like, hmm, <laughs> curious. No, you know what's funny? That reminds me of the Quiznos commercial back in the day. Somebody would... fucked a Quiznos commercial? No. So, so okay. So in the Quiznos commercial, the oven would talk. And there was the guy that works at Quiznos or whatever, and he's standing there, and he's, like, about to eat a sandwich, mm-hmm. take a bite of the sandwich. And the oven's like, hey, Scott, p- put it in me, Scott. And, like, talking about the sandwich or whatever. Right. But the fucking actor looks down, he goes, I'm not doing that again. That burned. <laughs> I was all like, what in the fuck? I was like, on national TV, Quiznos is like, this dude fucked a toaster. And now you're telling me it actually happened in no. the UK? That's yeah. awesome. This guy, yeah. Bizarre excuse, uh... The, listen, the article was written this way. Like, the article was written, uh, COVID vaccine made me bonk the toaster. <sniffs> the The title of the, <laughs> the title of the article is Eric's Bizarre Excuse After He Was Caught Balls Deep in Appliance. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it says balls deep on the article. <laughs> That's awesome. I like this magazine. <laughs> Let me start over um, Yeah. <laughs> So That's fucking great. Yeah, the toaster wasn't plugged in, but it was still hot from him using it. He se- he yeah, he had severe burns on <laughs> himself. Fucking great. Um his neighbor is clearly scarred for life. <laughs> he said I know it sounds mad, but that's clearly the vaccine's fault. It made him crazy. That that's what he says. He said thank goodness it was switched off or or I could have been electrocuted. He said also that bonking the to- bonking the toaster is not <laughs> the only outlandish behavior his vaccine has caused. He said the other night, and I quote, the other night I found myself in the local playground sniffing the swings. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) So this guy's out there. Bonking toasters and sniffing swings. Bonking toasters and swing sniffing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. You know what? It's even crazier. Is the picture? It, the picture shows him like just just mean mugging, just sitting there, just chilling in his house. Uh, and there's like a 
like a bottle of like whiskey <laughs> next to him for no reason, just in the same photo. <laughs> is, it, is it a jug that says XXX on no, it? No, oh, it, okay. it's a brand I can't even say, but it's there. It's funny. That's funny. It's blatantly obvious what it is. So, uh, yeah. So apparently. I don't so know. Um, the Pfizer think? vaccine apparently makes you fuck toasters. I, I don't even know swings. if it's the Pfizer. They don't say, of course. Well, it's it, UK, it is. which is what I'm assuming. Regardless, it's. It, but here's the thing. It, it's clearly. The, He's I mean, clearly lying. He's just a yeah, fucking weirdo. I mean, even like the government over there came out and was all like, the officials were like, uh, "There's no swing sniffing or bonker, <laughs> bonking Toast. toaster uh, side effects ever." In any of the t- <laughs> from anyone else ever <laughs> in the entire country or entire world. So hey, guess what, guy? <laughs> it looks like uh, you're uh, you're all alone there. You and your your appliances. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> and oh, anyways, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. So watch out for no more toaster sex for this guy. <laughs> Anyways, oh, you got anything else you want to mention? Um, on this there podcast? was actually something. There was a Go story. Ahead. There was a story I wanted to tell that I thought about this past week because I was thinking about like different music and stuff. And there was a song that I recently heard, and I was just like, "This song is like it's fucking catchy. Like, what is it? It was Justin Timberlake, and I was like, I never thought I would actually enjoy a Justin Timberlake song because I thought you were about to say Justin Bieber. Oh no, I can't stand that kid. But uh, it's that song "Say Something" with him and uh, Chris. Stapleton, but in any case, like I, I was listening to different music and stuff, and fucking this old song came on, and it was that I think it was Shaggy that sang it. The she even caught me in the shower. Was it me? she even caught me on camera? Oh, you know what I'm talking about? I do. It was. Um, I don't. Wasn't Shaggy though? I, I can't remember who it was, but um, I'm pretty sure yeah. it was Shaggy. Yeah, Shaggy. Yeah. Yeah, dude, and it just, it reminded me, because, like, I the, I was thinking, I was like, when was the last time I heard this song? You know, because it was, like, that, and then, like, Riding My Pony came on or whatever by Genuine. Right. I think it was Genuine. Genuine, right. But, no, like, so, like, when this Shaggy song came on, I was like, man, I haven't heard this song since, like, high school. It was, like, when I was, like, 16. I, got and the then, re- I have the release date when you're ready. And then I remembered when the last time I heard the song. I came out of my room, or whatever, when I was living with mom and dad, because I was a teenager. Okay. And mom was fucking Swiffer in the kitchen floor, fucking singing, she even caught me in the shower, wasn't she even (laughs) caught me on camera? And I was all like, mom, what the fuck are you singing? She goes, shut up, it's stuck in my head. Now, for all the viewers that don't know, like, I'm the youngest of all of us, and I just turned 31, so... It's like, you know, mom at the time was in her 50s, I want to say. And she's singing Shaggy while Swiffering <laughs> the kitchen floor. Um, and, and she's all like, shut up, it's stuck in my head. And I was all like, no, mom. What I want to know is, how do you know the words to that song? <laughs> like, that... Yeah, she's like, I'm not dead. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was I'm, I'm like, I really want to call her right now and be like, all right, mom, Tupac or Biggie? Who's your favorite? <laughs> like... East, East, East Coast or West? <laughs> yeah. What's up? Uh, mom, I can just see mom. Fucking death row for life. Um, <laughs> it was, it, <clears throat> the song It Wasn't Me, single by uh, Shaggy, Shaggy featuring Rick Rock from his album Hot Shot, released September 21st, 2000. 21 no years ago. 
No shit. 21 years ago. So <laughs> within that six-year period, mom had learned all of the words. Yeah, there you go. Ta-da! That's <laughs> yeah, just great. Now you're traumatized. I just, I still can't believe that my mother knows the words to that song. <laughs> she, I, she probably doesn't anymore. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I guess it's better than her knowing the words of wet ass pussy. <laughs> oh, God. All whatever. right. Whatever. Thanks. Wop. That's what I needed in my head. There you go. <laughs> no, I, I saw a meme the other day, and it was like a grandfather. He's just like, all right, kids or grandkids, I'm going to sing you a song from my time. It's <laughs> like, make it wop with that wet ass pussy. <laughs> I just started la- dying laughing. Okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the music I'm going to call it then. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, happy St. Patty's Day, everybody. And Yeah, and um, try not to get drunk and stick your dick in a toaster. <laughs> yeah. As I say, if you're listening to this on St. Patty's Day from our Patreons, you know, be safe out there. Don't drink and drive. <clears throat> and for the love of God, just stay away from the green beer because the food coloring will make you puke. And I don't. Oh, as oh. a previous barback who had to clean a lot of green puke on St. Patty's Day, we <laughs> yeah, the day sucks for all bar uh, bartenders and staff. So also everybody, um, people are asking uh, about try, still trying to get that recipe. <laughs> oh, for the old fashioned yeah, for the recipe. So um, I think we're gonna post more recipes of other drinks on there. Uh, probably the. The red carpet and the other one that we okay that we have. I've got more. I know. I've got a um, lot more. But FYI, everybody, here's the thing: we're not. I, I, unfortunately, we're not going to just give them out. Yeah, like, I, I can't because like <clears throat> these are recipes of drinks that I've made over my career. And no, I get that. This is so, how, it's how I make my money, right? So, so like I can't just. So we're gonna put we're gonna put a couple more. Not all of them, clearly, but. We're going to put a couple more on Patreon. But for those of yeah. you that are like, oh, well, you know, I'm, just let me get that one. I'm like, here's the rub. You can totally access the Patreon for a dollar. Right. And that'll get you the recipes. That'll get you all of them. Yeah. Like you could pay a dollar and then. And I said on last week's episode, if we get 500 Patreons, I'll shave my head. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you might have, your hair might grow really long. We might be a while. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, for like, like I said, it's a, a dollar a month will get you access to. All of the posts on Patreon. For yeah, the most that part, includes so. all of the recipes. So, like, that's okay. It's twenty five cents a week. <laughs> I was gonna say it's just for just three cents a day. Okay, <laughs> you could support this podcast. You, you could support this podcast and get all of the recipes. <laughs> all right, we're gonna we're just bugging people now. Now we're just being annoying. Yeah. All right, thank you all for listening. Uh, until next week, uh, don't forget to check out our Teespring dot com slash stores slash Ray Hart Rundown merch. Yep. Uh, oh, unfortunately, the, um, that's already it's gone yeah, by, by the time, time this comes yeah, out. Yeah, by the time this comes out, the uh, safe word is pineapple juice that, will be. That off. is over. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately. So, uh, take a look at our Patreon though, uh, because we are planning to do something for Easter. I want to do another. I want to like we did for Christmas. I want to do another giveaway for Easter. So good on. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm down for that. Uh, for that giveaway, yeah, for that giveaway, it's going to be for the five dollar and above tier like how we did the right. presents or whatever so yeah. i, I want to do easter baskets but we're gonna we, we just end up spending all the patreon money on merch to give them so yeah I was gonna that's say, totally like, fine yeah uh but like yeah i'm gonna have to do the, the easter baskets gonna be the five dollar tier and above to get in on the easter baskets going forward so take a look at that patreon.com slash rayheart rundown and uh we'll talk to you guys next week all right take care now